1: Hello and welcome back to Overtime Operators. You're here with Casey and Daps. We're missing our pal John today, but that's okay. Today we'll be doing our bet five, our most solid bets for the week. And we'll also get into a surprise segment that I have for my buddy Daps here. We'll get into that all right after this. Welcome to Overtime Operators. Daps. How you doing, man?
0: Not great after our bets this week, Casey.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't going to get right into it, but yeah, I'm feeling similar. Uh, You know, I'm I'm feeling a little awkward. Normally I have John on this side of the screen, right? And we're kind of, like, I kind of look this way generally. I don't know why. It shouldn't matter. It's throwing me off having to look over here a little bit. I like to pretend we look at each other on the screen. Uh, Some people might think that's weird, but uh, it would be weird to me if we were both looking like this, you know? I don't know how you feel about that. Care to weigh in on that topic?
0: I, yeah, I think it looks better if we're pretending to look at one another. It's probably confusing looking left, but you're on the right. I, I hope the fans can, uh, you know, I hope they can get through today's episode.
1: Man, I'm hoping as well. Uh, we do have a lot to get into today. Even without John, we're hoping to squeeze in another segment. So let's get right into it. I think, uh, I think I'm think i just going to be lazy about it, not do it the way John did it last week, where we uh, reviewed our prior week bets like as we went. Uh, For each round, I'm just going to spew them out here. And feel free to stop me and comment on anything you want. Uh, Starting with myself here, uh, I finished at $50 in the red. Not the best week for sure. Um, At the $10 round, I had the Nuggets uh, beating the Timberwolves by more than three. They lost that game. So I was out $10 there. Uh, $20 round, Commanders at Pat's uh, to hit the under. Did hit that one so 20 bucks uh to my credit there colts at panthers i had the colts to win by uh two and a half and they did so that was a 30 bet to the good that concludes my bets that hit this week uh two big losses my 40 and 50 rounds both player props on two chiefs players i had rashi rice to hit over 45 and a half receiving yards he did not do that and I did have Travis Kelsey to score the first touchdown of the game on some some pretty long shot odds. Wanted to kind of, figured I'd already be doing good at that point in the week. Why not just maximize it? That didn't work out for me either.
0: He had his worst week of the entire season, actually, Casey.
1: Yeah, it was pretty rough. I think there was something to uh, what you mentioned last week in that all that travel over to Germany probably impacted the way they played, or at least that's what I'm telling myself. Yeah, $50 negative for me that week. Not great. Uh, daps going to yours. Uh, $10 round. You had Vikings at Falcons to hit the over on 37, which it did. So well done. You started off a little different than I did. You started off well. Uh, 10 bucks to the good there. Uh, you had the Bengals beating the Bills uh, by more than two, which they did. Uh, good job there. You earned 20 more dollars there. You're up 30. Where could this possibly go wrong? Well, Right here. Uh, The Bears at Saints. uh, Let's see. You had the Saints to... uh, The Saints were eight and a half point favorites, and you had them to win, and they did not cover that spread. They won by seven, I believe. Uh, So right back to even there after that one. That's okay, right? You can still make good on this week. Uh, Next up, you had Commanders at Patriots. The Patriots were three-point favorites, and I believe you took them there against the spread, and the Commanders came out ahead. So down 40 right away. It happens quick with these big bets. Uh, and the last one, Dolphins at Chiefs. Uh, you also had, uh, let's see, you had the over on fifty and a half points, and as we just discussed, that game didn't go the way any of us bet on it. So lo- lower scoring than we anticipated. I believe that had you at actually negative ninety on the week. But uh, both of us, not not too great last week. Do you have anything to say about Week Nine before we put it in the past forever?
0: Well, I got a chance to watch the end of the Chiefs Dolphins game and. It was really I don't I don't wanna you be I don't wanna exaggerate and say pathetic, but the you know, Tua had a chance to tie the game and it looked like he was gonna, you know, tie the game with whatever amount of time was left. I woke up late. It was it's a nine AM game by me, or I don't know if it's a six AM or a nine a.m. it's early, right? So yeah. I wake up and it's already the third or fourth quarter. I catch the end of the game. I saw Tyreek fumbled, which is like poetic, right? And then they pick it up and bring it back. So it would have been cool. Tua ties the game 21-21. And now my over would have had a shot with one more touchdown, you know, or probably not. It still probably wouldn't have hit. Um, But again, it's I, I don't like betting on that London game any which way, because no matter what the game flow is for either team, it always doesn't go that way. And I think it, the travel definitely affects the players. It has to, um, because it seems like no matter what, there's never this high scoring, crazy affair, right? Like the, the teams just aren't in rhythm. Um uh, and then the, the the Patriots commanders game, Patriots dunk, couldn't move the ball. They drive down the field. So even put it put this bet aside, I got Sam Howell in fantasy, who has 325 yards with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I need him to hit 25 more yards yards for the bonus. Commanders, Ron Rivera runs the ball, three and out. I'm rooting for overtime now. Oh, if the Patriots tie the game, at least Howell will have to march down the field and get me 25 yards. Mac Jones throws a pass across the middle. Juju off his hands, interception, game over. Patriots losing in pathetic fashion. Most Patriots thing ever, right? But I'm, you know, as a Jets fan, I'm happy to see it, finally, you know?
1: Yeah, there you go. I like it. And the uh, the Jets are their own storyline. We can't get into all that right now. Let's dive straight into our bets for this week. We haven't talked about this before the show. I don't know where you went. You don't know where I went. Uh, but let's share it with our listeners here. Listeners, viewers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, should you go first, or would you like me to? You can go first. All right. I will bust this thing open. For the $10 round, for those who don't know, uh, we do this segment in, in five rounds a piece. We start with $10, go up, by $10 each round. So by the end, we are putting $50 on bets. So we, we tend to look at it generally like which bets do you have the most confidence in. We'll put those in the later rounds. Sometimes we get a little cheeky and put some, uh, put some crazy odds in those ones though. So uh, for my $10 bet, let's see. This one, uh, I think I did go mostly just based off of confidence here. Um, I'm going to take uh, an NFL bet here. I think I went all NFL this week, and I found that I'm doing better with spread bets. So, I'm going to stick with the spread. I have the Ravens at Browns match up here, and the Ravens are 6 point favorites. That's what I saw on uh, DraftKings at least. That's on DraftKings sportsbook. And I do think they'll win this game, but I think the Browns can keep it close. I think their defense is very solid. And the the Ravens, they don't necessarily have to put up a ton, a ton of points to win games. So for them to win by by seven feels like a little bit of a I don't want to say a long shot, but I feel confident putting 10 bucks on this for the Browns to cover the spread of six. Uh, what do you have to say about that one? Daps? are you, you with me? Or are you against me on that one?
0: Well, I have the Browns to cover six as my $40 bet. So yeah,
1: pretty confident. Okay. Yeah a little sneak preview into the 40 dollar round all right well since we did that one why don't you tell us what your ten dollar round is ten dollar round uh i went
0: giants cowboys under 38 and a half um i the giants i picked up their defense in fantasy they got me negative one point um i could have picked up anybody else and possibly had a chance instead i lose my fantasy matchup by 10 points total not a good feeling So it's going to be tough for them. Daniel Jones out for the year. I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to be back next week. DeVito is not going to be able to move the ball. Definitely not against the Cowboys powerhouse D Uh, the Cowboys last lost last week, but they, they had that game. They, they should have won that game. Uh, Sorry, Eagles fans. I'm not an Eagles Eagles hater, but just bad coaching, bad coaching, bad play calling by the Cowboys. Typical, Um, they should have won that game. They had the chance to win that game. It was first and 12 with 40 seconds left. You know, you could just throw the ball to CD four times in a row. It's, it's unreal, but, um, I like the under because I think the Cowboys are kind of just going to coast and then run the ball. They'll probably win, you know, 28, nothing, twenty eight three, twenty eight ten, 28, 10, maybe something like that. But, uh, that's, that's my $10 bet.
1: I like it. And that one is in Dallas, by the way, did you say the, uh, you had 38.5. Is that what I heard you say? Yep. 38.5, 38.5. All right. I'm trying to keep track of these things and actually like, you know, do a good job while, while John's away. Uh, we'll see if I, if I can do that. All right. Next up in the $20 round, I am going to what I think I know best at least. Um, I'm a pretty big fan of one team and I would just say along with that, it's not a bad idea. You don't want to get stuck into homer bets, but it's not a bad idea to bet on the the teams that you watch the most, right? I mean, that's just like at one point it's research. Uh, you don't want to get locked up in the fandom of it all. But there is one guy who I feel like is just there every time. He's he's gonna he's gonna produce, and uh, even if the Niners lose, he produces. So I'm gonna go with a trend that I think will continue, and I'm gonna take Christian McCaffrey not only to score a touchdown. But to score the first touchdown, I lost big on a first touchdown bet last week. I learned my lesson. I'm not putting it in the $50 spot, but I think these odds are quite a bit better. I'm going to take CMC to score the first touchdown of the Niners and Jaguars game. That's my $20 bet. Uh, The odds on that are plus 380. I found that on betting pros. Don't know exactly where they sent me there, but that's a nice little aggregator of of different uh, sports books. So, yeah, I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey, who is on a crazy touchdown streak. I think 17 games in a row, if I'm not mistaken, Uh, give or take one for sure. Uh, I'm going to continue that trend and and say he's going to score on the first drive like he's done many a time this season. Christian McCaffrey, first touchdown of the game. That's my $20 round. Daps, what is yours? $20 $20 round. I went bills minus seven and a half, uh,
0: at home against Denver bounce back game. They, they they've been kind of lagging for a while. The bills they're not consistent. They're not winning games the way they should. Uh, they're not moving the ball the way they should. In my opinion, I'm watching Josh Allen and listen, he always spreads the the ball around the field, but you have Stefan Diggs and even, even the amount of targets he's getting it's, Sometimes he, he goes, you know, multiple plays without targeting digs, and I'm going, what is going on, you know? So that's your playmaker. I like their running back. Uh, I like their their signings, their backup running backs, Latavius, playoff Lenny. Um, Bills minus seven and a half at home. Denver's got to go across the country. Bills should, should you would think, win this um, in kind of like statement fashion, like, hey, we're back.
1: Yeah, I, I love that one, actually. Um, I think I was debating on whether to have that in my portfolio, but I decided against it, I suppose, even though not seeing you do it, I wish I would have put it in because it feels like a good one. All right, I'm going to keep this train a-moving so that we have time for our special segment after this. $30 round. Here it comes, guys. I have the Colts at Pats. Colts are one and a half point favorites. And I don't know about you, but I fully expect the Colts to win by more than a point and a half here. Uh, Patriots seem to just let us down every week, unless you bet against them. Uh, so yeah, continuing the trend here, they're looking pretty bad. I mean, there's rumors Bill Belichick is on the hot seat, which I mean, a couple of years ago would have just sound sounded like just the most made up thing of all time. Uh, now it could be real, might not be. Doesn't matter. I don't think they're winning this game, uh, Minshew looks like a real starting quarterback in the NFL to me. So uh, hopefully he gets himself a spot next year where he actually gets to start. That's my opinion on him now. And I think they're going to go out there and trounce these pats. I don't think it'll be all that close, uh, particularly. So that's my $30 bet. And uh, Daps, what do you got?
0: On my $30 bet, I have Casey's Niners at minus three against the Jags. I think same deal with, uh, with the Bills. They need a statement game to come back and win. I think the uh, Jaguars have been overachieving a bit. Not that they're a bad team. I just I don't see them as a legit contender to beat the top five to eight teams in the league. Uh, I could see the Jaguars winning one playoff game and then exiting. They have Trevor Lawrence. They have ETN. They have a solid group of receivers. Good defense. Um, I think they they can stay in any game. I just I don't think it's their year is is all I'm saying. So um, Niners need a, a statement game coming off three losses. They just had a bye, got some rest. I think they'll uh, they'll come back and win.
1: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, were both teams on a bye last week? I think they might have been. I think the Jags had a bye last week too. But I agree with you and uh no spoilers, but I really like that bet a lot. Uh <laughs> all right. Hey, we're cruising here. Um, that was the 40 or that was the $30 round or did I forget to hit the button? Here? That was a $30 round, yep. $30 round, that is correct. Oh, I see what I did. See, this is this is when you don't host the show every time around. You, you confuse yourself a little bit. Moving into the $40 round, I realized because I already wrote down your $40 bet, because uh, you mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. that's why I got confused. $40 round though, breaking it open here. I will start us off. Uh, this next one, I, I didn't take a spread bet, didn't even do a player prop. I am doing a bet on points. Uh, There's one matchup I think definitely could do it. Uh, Texans at Bengals. Bengals, I think we all know they're capable of putting up, I mean, a 50-burger, probably regardless of what team they play. Um, And the Texans. Last week, CJ Stroud breaking the rookie passing record. Um, I mean, I'm not anticipating them taking a huge step back. The over-under on this game is at 48 points, and... Hey, if I don't feel confident betting the over in this matchup, I don't know when there will be one that I do feel comfortable. So I think this is going to be a shootout. Hopefully they keep it close enough to where both teams want to keep scoring. Uh, But that's what I got is over on the 48 Texans at Bengals matchup. What do you think about that one, Daps? You do a lot more uh, bets on bet on points than I do. Uh, What do you think on this one? What's your read?
0: I looked at it. Uh, I definitely was siding with the over. I ultimately found one I liked a little bit more, but the only reason that I was off of it was I think the over would definitely hit in Houston. I don't know the conditions in Cincinnati. I could see this being exactly the way you just described shootout back and forth between Stroud and Burrow. And I can also see Stroud not to say regressing, but it's difficult to put up the numbers you just put up. So no matter what you do this week, Not going to be as good as last week. Um, And the Texans, I don't know if they've beat anybody good. I know Stroud's kind of like been hurt one or two games this year. I don't know which games he played, which games he didn't play, when he was hurt, when he wasn't hurt. So they're, they're still finding their identity, I think. It was a really incredible and impressive win, by the way. I watched the end of that game against the Buccaneers. So Stroud's looking like he's the next thing in the NFL for sure.
1: I just don't know how good they are this year. I think that's probably the main reason, you know, passing numbers look great, right? But we that's not always indicative of how good a quarterback is. A lot of times it's game script and just game situation and the defensive looks you're getting. Uh, but I think more in particularly, it was that final drive and him showing like actual football IQ and making big boy plays that we usually only see from the superstar quarterbacks. I mean, the average starting quarterback in the NFL, I think flounders in that situation. And here you got a rookie gunslinging, just no reservations, completely out there, just playing with his heart and making the passes, putting them right on his receivers in the most critical moments of the game. I think that's that's what kind of triggers to me is like, I think this guy can do it against probably a little bit better defense in the Bengals, or just about any defense, really. Uh, still don't think that they're really on the track to amazing team success this year, but the future's looking bright with a guy like that behind center. Uh, daps you already told us what your $40 bet was in the Ravens at Browns. You like the Browns plus six there. That was my $10 bet as well. Uh, do you want to speak some more to that matchup since uh we kind of blew past it there in the $10 round? I just think it's a divisional matchup. I think
0: the Ravens obviously showed their for real the way they convincingly, you know, took apart the Seahawks. But again, the 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 Ravens are so interesting cuz they can beat you on the ground. They can Lamar can run the ball, the the running backs can run the ball. I think Lamar can throw the ball too. It's just he hasn't he hasn't really had to because the running game has been so successful. I don't think the Browns are a team that you are going to run the ball on like they did last week. They're going to play hard. It's going to be a it's going to be either a back and forth touchdown for touchdown type game or it's going to be one of those boring dull field goal you know, punt, punt, then maybe a touchdown, right? So, th- those divisional games are are interesting, and and that's how I, I see that going, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like all the points you just said. That's why I bet the same way on this one. Uh, I think the Ravens are also pretty good at playing with a lead, being a dominant running team. Uh, no reason to run up the score, really. You know, uh, you just kind of leave yourself exposed to some crazy turnovers uh, when they're so good at running the ball. Why not just do that? Uh, Just like you said, I hope the Browns kind of stick in that range of of just being a a couple scores away and maybe like a, a, you know, a fourth quarter drive or two comes together and they, they tighten the gap maybe, or it's just closer, you know, it's a one score game the whole way through either way. I like the Browns odds to uh, keep it close in this one. So uh, that's our $40 round. Now moving on to our last round, our $50 round, our most confident bets or the best we want to score the biggest on at least $50 round. Daps, I am jumping in with you on your $30 bet. Niners at Jaguars. Niners are three-point dog, or 3 point favorites uh, in this one, and I have them riding the ship, busting the uh, three-game skid that they're on right now. I think the the bye week couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, I'll, the players all say you want to go into a bye week with a win under your belt, uh, but... I also I, I think the other way around makes just as much sense. You want to go into the bye week with a chip on your shoulder so that you actually use that bye week sure to get healthy, but also to to kind of get those competitive juices flowing again and, and and like really remember why you're out there playing on Sundays and and what your what your ultimate goal is. And at least for the Niners, maybe not every team, but at least for the Niners, the goal is absolutely to win a Super Bowl. They are one of the teams in contention. Uh, if you lose four games in a row in the middle of the season, you're going to start to have some bad locker room juju probably. So uh, they really need to win this one. And the three-point spread didn't do anything to deter me. I'm with you on the Niners over the Jaguars. Screw the three points. Niners come out on top on this one. Daps, what's your $50 bet of the week?
0: I'm going three weeks in a row. We're, taking, we're sticking with an over because that's what's exciting for us DGens out here. And I'm going over Chargers-Lions, 48-and-a-half. Um, I, I love a, an indoor over, right? I think the the Lions have been incredible on offense this year. I think that Herbert, I wouldn't say, has been incredible on offense. I think he's been a little streaky. But when Eckler's in, he always picks up the slack. So um, yesterday, kind of boring under type game against the jets 27-6 i don't see that happening again with the lions i think the lions can move the ball i think herbert's gonna have to kind of respond to that movement both good defenses but when you when you get into these situations i just think shootouts can happen even with good defenses
1: so yeah they're they're good defenses unless they're playing an elite offense right I mean that's that's the case for any team in the league basically Um, I like this one a lot too there's just certain teams that have that makeup that identity of like we're not afraid of a shootout more than anything right Um, Mm -hmm. and both of these definitely qualify I would I would even say like these are the teams that remind me of one another in their respective conferences they're kind of the uh, uh, sure they have some defensive chops but they're an offensive minded team they want to put up points they got a lot of ways they can score uh so yeah i like that as well indoors doesn't hurt that's a good factor for uh, people to monitor when they're looking to bet on points uh so yeah i'm with you i would bet similarly on that that uh that point total look at that about 20 minutes in we did all 50 bets already we're right on pace here daps this is this is working out just swimmingly for us today the way it's supposed to be yeah who says we need john let's just kick him off the show
0: yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he's not listening. He'll never hear that, and he won't take offense to it.
1: No, he'll never know. Uh, he'll know I'm joking, and he'll appreciate that. He's giggling to himself right now. All right, Daps. Moving on to my surprise segment. Um, we haven't done something like this on this show before, uh, but I want to mix in some more fun, and this isn't exactly going to inform people how to make money in sports the same way that we say you can follow us into these bets if you like what we're saying or kind of educate you on what you should be looking for for bets um all that's well and good but this is going to be another layer deeper uh this could help in fantasy sports this could help in betting as well um these are going to be some not so frequently asked questions but some good things to kind of monitor um pertaining to the NFL. We're staying NFL this this episode. And I think you're gonna do well in this, but it's just a for fun exercise. We'll see how good you can do out of 12 is the uh, the maximum score available on this quiz. Uh, it's only a five question quiz, total of 12 points available. I'll I'll get into that as we get into the questions. But like I said, the main theme will be, it's not the obvious stuff to look at. It's just one layer deeper. So let's start off here, whether it's fantasy football or player props, or you're looking to bet on point totals for for any game, it's good to know which teams can put up points in the league, right? And the top scoring team in the NFL this season right now are the Dolphins at 31.7 points per game. That's pretty high, 31.7, keep that in mind. That'll help you with this question. I want you Daps, if you can, to tell me Which team has the second highest points per game so far this season? And for the second point, what is that number? I'll give you the hint. It's a full number. There's no decimal. So, um, again, the Dolphins score 31.7 points. I want you to tell me which team comes in second. and How many points per game do they score?
0: The Dolphins score 31, you said?
1: 31.7.
0: I just looked at this last week, so I should know. And there's two teams that are popping in my head. And I want to say it's the San Francisco 49ers at like 27 points per game. And if that's not it, I would have guessed the Eagles.
1: Well, I have uh, mixed things to tell you here. (laughs) We're going to play this a little fast and loose. Uh, I'm going to be awarding the points here. I'm going to go ahead and award you a half a point. You guessed two teams and you did get it right. Uh, had had it been the Niners, I would have just given you the point. That was your first guess. It was the Eagles, actually. The Eagles put up the second highest uh, points per game at 28. Um, so, yeah, you thought the gap was even bigger from the Dolphins. The Dolphins' insane year right now at almost 32 points a game. The 70-point game obviously helps with that. But the Eagles come in at second at exactly 28 points per game. I'm going to award you half a point out of the two possible there. Still pretty good. This is a tough quiz. Uh, and I think you'll do better on some of the other uh, questions as well. Uh, but yeah, what what can we tell people? I mean, obviously, if you're in fantasy, start up your your Eagle starters. You got Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, start them up. Is there anything else that we can take from this, knowing that, that those three teams put up so many points, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Niners? Is there anything else we could be looking for when it comes to maybe betting on the over-unders or kind of lesser-known fantasy assets maybe? Anything else you want to mention before we move on to uh to the next category here.
0: Well, I, I just think that um you know waiting right before game time, um, if you're actually like watching the pregame and you're seeing the players come out, like you can you get a way better feel for injuries because they might say on that pregame like, hey, this this key player is not player playing. Like especially, I think the uh, the Cowboys when right before they played the Cardinals when they you know the Cardinals shocked them and beat them. There's like little telltale signs of trouble. For example, three of the offensive linemen for the Cowboys were out that game, right? And if if you go into that knowing that, you might go, maybe you don't bet the Cardinals, but maybe you also don't bet on the Cowboys. And you save yourself from, from putting that bet down. Weather, obviously, you could throw a game on and see that it's raining, you know, in pregame and go, ooh, there's strong winds. Maybe a couple field goals get get missed. Maybe the the it's a, a little harder to catch the ball. You know, teams aren't going to be able to move the ball as much. Maybe I want to bet the under in this game, uh, whereas the the over under might have been you know uh, put together as if the game was going to be sunny. So there's like just little things that you can obviously look at, whether it's point totals or betting on your team, kind of hints uh, pregame. And I, I love what we do here, you know, guessing on a Wednesday, but traditionally I would probably wait like right before the game starts to put in a play. And by the way, this, this can go either way. I've seen games in the snow where you go, Oh, there's no way there's going to be a lot of points. And then there's a turnover at their own 10, which turns into seven points, right? Because it's, you know, there's a fumble. So it works both ways. um, But you know, high gusts of wind, if you ever see that, that that means field goals are going to get missed and it's tougher to throw the ball. So That's definitely an undersign for me.
1: Yeah, love all that. Um, Great things to to look at. And I will definitely echo if you're betting on anything. Typically, it doesn't hurt to wait right until right until game time, unless there's just such juicy odds when the books first open, maybe and you just are super convicted. Um, Other than that, I I totally agree, uh, especially when it comes to points and and the conditions matter so much. So uh, fully in agreement there. Let's move on to question number two. All right, so this is probably more about fantasy football here. Um, I think a lot of advanced fantasy players know not just to look at the skill or the talent level of the players that they draft or that they choose to start and and start sit decisions. Uh, There's also a major factor in opportunity. Is this guy even going to get looks? Uh, You know, Is he going to get a lot of snaps out there? Uh, We're not diving crazy deep into this. Uh, I just thought this was an interesting question. Which QB... Has recorded the most pass attempts this season. Uh, this is not per game. This is total. I don't need, need you to give me the number. The number is three hundred and fifty-three. Uh, the for context, second has only thrown three hundred and thirty-four pass attempts. I'll give you a, a two chances uh, to give me the top two players there. Since I mentioned both numbers, so kind of a double your odds to to bet to guess somebody here. I'm gonna guess that it's Sam Howell. That is correct. Sam Howell is number one. He's slinging the ball all over the place. They're down a lot, makes a lot of sense. A lot of game script favors that. I'm glad you sniffed that one out. That's a lot, that's way over the next guy. Uh, Then the pack gets quite a bit tighter. Uh, So for that second point, who do you think is in second place at 334? Probably Tua is what I would have guessed. I don't have the full list in front of me. I do believe Tua was high up. but second place guy well-known for passing is actually Pat Mahomes. Uh, So interesting there. Even a team that pretty much dominates ahead most of the time, most games they're in, they choose to throw the ball. Uh, Like I said, I think Tua falls into that category too. Not a bad guess, but that's one for two on that one. I think this is a quiz where if you get 50%, you're in like the top 10% of people. Uh, Because it's, like I said, it's another layer deep than, than most of the stats we typically look at um but that is something that i'll just jump in on the analysis of this one i think it's important to look at those opportunity types of metrics when you know a guy like sam hell is throwing the ball that much kind of doesn't matter as much how efficient he is you know which is kind of a gripe you could have about him he has some big plays some bad plays too but when they're throwing the ball that much more than any other team I mean, there's opportunity to be had, and if they could consolidate those pass attempts down to just maybe one less weapon on that offense, you would feel so much more sure of yourself starting those Terry McLaurin's those like Curtis Samuel types of guys or uh, who else we have receiving the ball there. Uh, uh, John Dotson. Yeah, even Antonio Gibson, who's kind of the receiver out of the backfield Um, with so many targets, it can be tough to know where those are going. uh, Those pass attempts are going, but with that many to go around, they're still very viable options. Uh, anything else you want to say to pass attempts here for those teams before we move on to the next category, Dabs?
0: No, I think Tua has the most yards. And the reason I didn't guess him was because I just in my head, I'm like, Tyreek has like five 70 yard bombs this year. So you've got 350 yards on five throws as opposed to, you know, Mahomes or Howell or whoever the rest of the, the list evens out to you know you're throwing 10 20 chunk yard plays and those those kind of eat up all of those pass attempts where Tua is just throwing it up there for Tyree because he's so much faster
1: than everybody else too efficient honestly um and and I think that just enlightened me into something this this is probably particularly valuable for those kind of secondary or tertiary receiving options because when you have a guy like Hill and even with Waddle who who hasn't really been waddle all season. Right. Um, but when you have those, those targets are super consolidated and there's almost nothing left on the bone for anybody else in the receiving game. And like we said, if Tyreek rips off a 75 yard reception and you know, half the time it's all yak, uh, yeah. How is anybody else going to score fantasy points in those matchups for the dolphins? So Mm -hmm. that's something important to look at too. Uh, maybe if you're looking for some gross, you know, starter on a terrible bye week Go go look at those uh, those commanders. Almost said the the team name not to be named. Um, oh, go look at those commanders and maybe find some of those uh lower favored options because um, they got they have opportunity. All right, moving on to question number three here. Daps only three players have over ninety five pass targets on the season. Pass targets obviously the other end of pass attempts, right? So this is this is for receivers. Only three players have over ninety-five on the season. Who are they? Three chances here. Only th- only three players or two players? Only three players have over ninety-five. Two are, two are tied for the lead. I'll tell you that, uh, but that's not important. What's important is which three have over ninety-five. It's a tight it's a tight race. Those top three. I'll give you a small uh, clue here.
0: Puka, oh, perfect. Go ahead. Puka, Puka Diggs, and. I'll let you know you got two right
1: there. Two for two. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go Tyreek. And it is a perfect sweep of the uh, target leaders. Uh, We already talked about Tyreek a little bit. We know that he's dominant in that offense. If Jalen Waddle is healthy, maybe that's evened out a little bit more, but he's obviously gonna dominate. Um, I was kind of trying to to not give anything away or comment on it earlier in the episode when you were talking about Josh Allen, and how he's targeting Stefan Diggs, how he should be even targeting, targeting him more. Um, do you want to speak to that a little bit, knowing he, he is actually one of them tied, uh, for the lead at 97, him and Tyreek and Puka is at 96. And also tell me what your thoughts on, on Puka being a rookie, literally one target away from the league lead, even with Cooper cup coming back for multiple weeks. Now, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on this category.
0: Well, I think that, uh, I picked up Puka in two of my three leagues, so I've been following him almost the whole season. And when I saw those targets the first game, whatever whatever, the number of, I think it was like 18 or 20, or, it was an insane number of targets the first game. And when I saw that, I go, even if it's half that, like this guy's worth having, Cooper Cup's not playing. He's the most targeted guy by Stafford. And I also thought that the Rams had a legitimate chance of kind of bouncing back, so to speak, in some type of capacity this year. So I've been watching Puka Cooper cup comes back and what are you going to do as a defense? You still have to respect him. And, and I think that they didn't respect Puka. So they're doubling Cooper cup, which guess what Stafford's been throwing a Puka and he's in rhythm with him all year. He's going to keep throwing to him, especially if he's open. So the, the Rams with Kyron Williams, Puka and cup were really starting to get interesting and hot and Kyron went down and then Stafford gets hurt. So, Unfortunate turn of events for the Rams. Um, with Tyreek, obviously, his targets, he's just – he's such a, a speed freak. It's also crazy to think that him and Kelsey were on the same team with Mahomes. And had they not lost that Buccaneers Super Bowl, I don't know, man. Like, you're talking about three championships. Brady has one less. Mahomes has half of the amount of Brady at his age. Like, now you're really having a conversation about, hey, is is Mahomes going to catch Brady? Uh, but Brady obviously put that stamp in, and, and Mahomes has a significant am, amount of work to do still to even be to get to that conversation. So, and then you go to Diggs, who I said I felt like wasn't targeted enough. And I know, listen, I, I get it; he's top three. But you're you're watching the Bills-Bengals game, and I, obviously, I'm I'm I have Diggs in one league, so I'm watching going three three plays in a row, four plays in a row, five plays in a row where Diggs doesn't get the ball and he's not targeted. And Josh Allen just throws the ball so so often that for 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 me, I'm going, how is he not looking at Diggs? You know? And then ten plays later, he hits him on a strike down the the sideline on the right side of the field. So he ends up getting that touchdown. It was just in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't I, I don't Diggs has got to be creating space. you know so maybe that's just as a fantasy owner, I'm getting upset, right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, I, I get it. Um, so a couple of quick follow-ups here. Uh, one, it, it is interesting, uh, Tyreek moving to Miami, finally getting unleashed. It, it's weird to look back at his tenure in Kansas City and think that he wasn't unleashed fully there, right? Like we said earlier, I mean, this is all about opportunity. When you have a guy like Kelsey on the squad, he's going to demand just an immediate amount of targets in an offense right even with a guy like mahomes um and when they're very efficient again those those opportunities are actually limited because they're going to drive down the field and score there's not all these these pass attempts going around when you can just get into the end zone right away i think that's probably why mahomes is up even a little bit higher than he normally would be the offense isn't quite what it was in the past and Diggs, i love everything you said there too one quick question about puka though and this sounds crazy to even say but if you could have your choice on a fantasy roster to have puka or cooper cup for the rest of the season who would you take i'll tell you it, it's
0: super close but, it's real close really really close if it's a keeper league i think it's pretty easy you got to take puka just because there's probably long-term value oh, definitely. but I, it's it's also the question's difficult to answer because of the stafford question mark like I watched Brett Ripien play last week, and I actually benched Puka because I'm like, I don't think he can get him the ball. I ended up playing, I ended up playing the running back Henderson instead of Puka in my flex because I thought they have to run the ball, right? They have to, and they ended up scoring basically the same amount of points. But I, th- I just thought I had a better shot of getting in the end zone with Henderson in the event that they did get down to the, you know, the red zone. Um, they'd probably hand the ball off a couple times. They couldn't move the ball. They just actually cut Rippian, signed Carson Wentz today. So I'd much rather have Carson Wentz as my backup than Rippian because at least he's gonna throw the ball. You know, he's gonna connect on some he might throw an interception, but he's gonna throw oh, the for ball. For sure. So, um, it's uh Wentz has had a really weird career. I, I, I think at this point, just because I have Puka in two leagues, I would I would keep Puka. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's t- it, that's a tough call. I don't think you would go wrong whoever you take. This kind of goes back to me talking about betting on the Niners. If it's a guy that you've had already all season, you feel like you can predict a little bit better what he might do than a guy who you would uh, just kind of come into this late into the season. I will say, uh, for what it's worth, completely agree. QB situation is paramount here. But in their last three games, Puka has had more receptions and yards in two out of those three games than Cooper Cup. Sounds crazy. And that's Cooper Cup being uh, you know, that that gave him two warm-up games uh to get going from injury where he he dominated in those first two games. So as it's kind of regularizing, who knows what'll happen in this offense. I think both okay options if they can get some decent quarterback play, though. Uh so Dabs, you swept that one real quickly. We're sitting at uh you have four and a half points out of a possible seven here. So that round was huge for you, uh, getting you above let's move on probably to my least favorite part of fantasy football Uh, but it does matter it's actually in fantasy leagues this is probably the one thing I would say when it comes to scoring is over indexed by far the most fantasy kickers right a good kicker you know in the if you're playing somebody in the worst circumstances for you they could put up like 25 points and you need a superstar performance from one of your other players just to make up that difference, right? When your kicker might put up five or goose egg you, you know, by no fault of his own a lot of times. Uh, maybe he didn't even get a chance to kick the ball. So, depths. there are two kickers tied the league lead with 20 field goals. Name those two kickers. Probably ku on the
0: Falcons. There's one of them and the other one so we we got rid of in two of my three leagues they got rid of kickers like two years ago they just said enough of this uh to prevent exactly what you just said because it's like no nobody nobody strategically picked that kicker for this
1: particular game it's just not that's not realistic all the leagues that i'm a commissioner there are no kickers no team defenses i would do idp like indif- uh, individual defensive players but nobody wants to play with that with me so uh we just have no kickers and no defense in the league's I commission but uh back to you Dabs. um the other one
0: i'm gonna guess i i forget his name but the cowboys kicker
1: uh is that that's not maher anymore oh that's the uh that's the kid the young kid right um yeah you can probably tell by me not knowing his name off the top of my head he's not the correct answer But uh, he's off to the best rookie start ever, right? Most consecutive field goals to start a career.
0: Yeah, so Mars went to the
1: Rams, and he actually just got cut, I believe. That's right. Yep. Yeah, Audrey, Aubrey, something like that, right? For the Cowboys. I mean, known Cowboys hater over here. I mean, I'm doing my best to learn (laughs) less about that team every week, right? Um, The actual right answer, uh, you know, kind of crazy when you see Sam Howell putting up this many uh, passing attempts, but it's Dustin Hopkins. He's probably the leading scorer on that team by – Significant margin with twenty field goals and honestly, who knows how many
0: extra points? But is Hopkins on the Commanders or he's on the Texans?
1: Uh, He's the Commanders. Uh, I'll verify that Mm -hmm. real quick. But I am pretty.
0: No, you're you're probably right. I just Hopkins was in my head, but in my head he was on the Texans. I guess the one league I looked up kickers in a couple weeks back, like it was Hopkins at the top, the Cowboys kicker,
1: and uh, Coop. Oh, interesting! And I, also, I just googled it, and they said this says he's on the Browns. So maybe he did he get moved? He's on the Browns because that's not a team either of us said.
0: No, no, that's he's you. Browns, you right? said
1: so. You said Howell, and I was like, "Oh, is Hopkins
0: not on the Texans?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought he was on the uh, the Commanders. But yeah, Google says uh, Browns. I don't know. I mean, this is how much we pay attention to kickers, right? Uh, but he's kicking a shit ton of field goals. So if he's available, which I mean, hey, begrudgingly, we do play in leagues where there are kickers, and uh, it is something to monitor how many field goals they're kicking. And Hopkins kicks a bunch of them. So if he's available, which that's the first position anybody drops when bye week trouble comes around. If you got a kicker on a bye week, get that guy out of your squad, unless he's by far the best. So Hopkins could be available. I know we just had a bye week um not too long ago so those are the two leading kickers Depps, you went one for two on that one you're still above 50 percent going into the last question which is perfect because we got to get out of here after this one Depps, two teams so we're coming full circle now kind of back to uh we started at offensive points per game for teams now we're going to the flip side two teams are tied for the worst defensive points allowed per game so this would be good to know for you have uh start sit decisions uh, and you might be playing one of these teams um the two worst are tied at 28.3 points allowed per game that's the two worst teams in the league up 28.3 points who are those two teams and for a third point the best team only gives up 13.8 points which is less than half by my math that's crazy Who is that team? So the two worst and the one best defensive scoring teams. The two worst, I would probably go
0: with, um, I'd probably go with the Cardinals and the, I just had the other team in my head and I just lost them. Um, The Cardinals and the Broncos. And the team who gives up the least amount of points? Yes. I would probably go with
1: the Ravens. You went two for three here. Uh, you said the Broncos, and that is correct. And the Ravens are correct. They only give up 13.8. That's that's unreal. Um, and the Panthers were the other team. Tied at 28.3. I mean, hey, all the usual suspects. You were right around it. Uh, By my math, that puts you at a total of seven and a half points out of a possible 12. Uh, So that's actually, that's really good because I didn't know if you'd get half of these. These were pretty tough, honestly. Um, But this is is pretty informative, I think. Even that last one, you know, I kind of said it in the intro to that question, but if you have tough decisions to make and you're going up against the Ravens and you got to... Uh, even a, the number 1 receiver maybe for the team they're playing i mean if that's not just an absolute stud you got to at least think about sitting that guy if you have other options that is um, or if you have a you know even the the number 1 running back like with less than 2 touchdowns on average available to the team that you're hoping scores that's terrible <laughs> you know meanwhile <laughs> the broncos and panthers each give up four touchdowns per game i mean you could have a player half as good just as likely, maybe to score a touchdown in that game. So, uh, what else do you think about? Anything else we should be looking at when it comes to those maybe betting or other fantasy outlooks? When it comes to these uh, these point totals that these teams allow, it's it's definitely tough because I've
0: I've played that game before where you're doing math and you're like, oh, this team scores this many points and this team scores this many points, but like that's just never how it goes down. And listen, to be honest, if you, if you do look at that, sometimes you're going to find Vegas gets it perfect. And it is based on those numbers and they got it down to within a point, And you're like, how do they do this? Yes. But listen, there's also there's also games like last week, the Falcons Vikings that the over under was 37. And I bet the over, I should have put it on my $50 bet. It was my 10 or $20 and that hit in the third quarter. So obviously Vegas, You can't account for injuries. You can't account for the Vikings quarterback getting a concussion and then Josh Dobbs coming in and playing like an absolute monster with a team that he hasn't practiced with. So it's just that's part of football. That's why it's so interesting. That's why overs are also fun to bet, by the way, because you can win in the middle of the third quarter. It's the only bet that you can win in the middle of the game before the game ends, right? And under really you have to wait till the end and same thing with the spread you have to wait till the end where the over can hit in the middle of the game so um it's that's just it's part of the game and and i'll tell you when i when i try to do too much research that's when i'm like i don't like to to put plays in like that it's just it's not as fun for me and then i it, it, the worst feeling is when you have a feeling and then you do research and you change it and then it hits it's like whatever your first kind of thought is stick with that or just make a set of rules that you got that you follow right like my first so so for example sometimes you can it be in a book and you put a a bet in and then the line changes and if a line changes in the middle of my bet like one of my rules is don't bet it just don't bet it you know what i mean like what's going on there's movement i don't like that yet so also if if you see a spread moving two points or more in a particular direction Usually, in my experience, that means that the bet's gonna go that way, right? So, like, I, and then I see daily or, or Draftkings and all these sports books posting like ninety seven percent of the money is on this team, and like four out of five bets of the the favorites lose right so there's just there's so much information out there. it's It's tough to discern. and um, you gotta kind of like I said, you have a feeling, stick with it. or if, You sometimes you have a feeling and you're like I am
1: I am on a cold streak right now. Like go with the opposite and that's your rule. If I like this, (laughs) bet the opposite, right? I like that. Have have rules for yourself. Know the way that you bet. Um, You get gut feelings for a reason for sure. And actually, I think that I would take especially this category of of how many points that teams allow. I think I would care about it more for fantasy outcomes when I'm making tough decisions between two players that are you know have like similar projected points. Not that I'm like a projected points guy. Only kind of thing, uh, but it can be the tiebreaker on that kind of decision, big time. When it comes to betting, I can't agree with you more. I think this is one of those factors where it's too simple, or one of these stats is too simple. Uh, and there's so many factors. You know how do, how do you weigh strength of schedule that these teams have had up to this point in the season? You know, uh, there's too many things like that. You know, were they playing indoors, outdoors? Who knows? Um, so you can't look at it too simply. Uh, definitely have rules for yourself. Definitely know what your gut is and know whether you want to go with it or against it. And to end the show, I'll just tell you this uh, this tragic story Uh, in a 2QB league. I picked up Jaron Hall uh, because I had Josh Dobbs already. He was a he was my third starter uh, in a 2QB league. And my my second guy is on by I think it was Purdy actually was on by and I had to I had to pick up Jaron Hall because I was like, well, Josh Dobbs. Thankfully, I didn't drop him because he still has a job where he'll get some work uh but josh dobbs sat on my bench in that matchup and just continued to rack up points while jaron hall sat at just the lowest number because he went out in what the first quarter something too early and uh i was a sad sad man because i lost by like 12 points and i would have i would have won by like 12 points had i switched that up so man feel stuff when you follow the right process and uh, you come out on the wrong end of stuff but hey at least i got myself the Vikings starting quarterback going forward uh so you got josh dobbs play him he looks good
0: it stinks i had a, a before last week i had 3 weeks in a row or excuse me 2 of 3 weeks where my quarterback got hurt in the middle of the game so Ugh. fields goes down fields goes down for me stafford's my backup put him in then the following week stafford goes down and it's just like you just can't you can't make plays for this stuff right and and that's the unfortunate part of fantasy where you wish there'd be a rule where it's like You have fields, but really it's bears quarterback, right? Like you should just get the bears quarterback points no matter what.
1: I guess, I don't know. I mean, that's one way to do it for sure. But I mean that that's tough. I mean, even if it's not a two QB league or not a super flex league and there are good quarterbacks still available on the waiver wire for you to, to stream or just to stick with, you're still wasting that waiver priority or, or the fab that you have to spend to, to acquire these guys. So, um, yeah, that burns you every time. So maybe, uh, at this point in the season, those guys who have those are kind of nicked up, banged up, maybe a little bit older, um, have a little bit higher risk of injury. Maybe take that stuff a little bit more seriously. Uh, if you're if you're really competitive in fantasy, making a playoff push and have a backup plan on the roster, for God's sake. Um, I have been bit by the fields bug as well. Too much exposure to Fields this year. It was just too available and too many drafts and paired him with DJ Moore all over the place. And man dj moore's been okay well, but fields. it's ju- it's just unfortunate
0: because he just started to get hot he had back-to-back 30 point weeks and now they're saying he's gonna play thursday i don't know how healthy he is but like it's it's definitely a good team to play obviously panthers thursday night like that's the team you want to play to to get your rhythm back
1: but um not me know, as a- not me nah because you know what's gonna happen he's gonna go down in the middle of that game re-aggravate something right like I just,
0: I think I'm in a position where it's like, I I, I have Howell, so he's like the 10th ranked fantasy player in my league, or maybe he dropped a couple points from last week, but he he put up 20 points regardless, so I I don't know if I want to place Howell,
1: though, in Seattle
0: over fields on (laughs) the comeback.
1: That's a tough one. Hey. Uh, if, if it helps you to know, I mean, Sam Howell has 20 more passing attempts than anybody else in the league. So maybe maybe that makes that start-sit decision a little bit easier. Um, or maybe the, the field's injury will clear up as we get closer to game time this week. Uh, but that's going to do it for us, guys. Thank you for joining us on Overtime Operators for myself and for Dapps. Follow us at these handles you see on the screen. Dapps at Dapps Sports and Casey at Niners underscore Fan Man. Uh, We'd love to hear from you guys, hear your thoughts on this episode. Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. Also, make sure you like and subscribe. If you're listening to us on audio and you didn't know we had a video version of this podcast, go check us out on YouTube and do all those things that I just said to do. And until next time, we'll see you.